Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1012, it is a Tuesday, 22nd day of August 2023. A foggy one by the shores of Gitchigumi. Bruce Siski show on KDAL coming up in about 25 minutes. Longtime men's soccer coach at St. Scholastica, Barry Chasty, joins us for a season preview. we got a lot of local coaches this week as we look ahead to the fall season. And we've got some of our favorite Voxes from around the country. We had Wayne Larravee yesterday. Today, longtime voice of Golden Gopher football and basketball here on KDAL as well as FM 98.1 as we're nine days out. From the football opener against Nebraska, Mike Grimm, good morning. Man, that's a step down in class going from Larrabee to Grimm. Holy cow. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a step. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't sell yourself too like short. Wayne. Here. Wayne's I great. Think, I think Wayne's one of the all-time greats. Yeah. He is yeah. absolutely one of, the, big, one of the best. I'm a big Wayne Larrabee fan. Packers anyway, fans. Yeah, go pa- for football just around yeah. the corner. Say, Packers fans are unbelievably fortunate. I, I wonder if people understand how lucky they are to have gone from Jim Irwin to Wayne Larrabee. Right? No doubt. <laughs> I remember listening to Wayne when he was doing the Bears when I was growing up in Iowa. And um, he actually did Hawkeye games way back, like in a station in Davenport back when oh, Iowa wow. had like. Ten, ten, like there was a time in the seventies where like ten stations originated Iowa. They had like ten play-by-play guys, and um, he was one of them. And he went from there to the Chiefs, I think, and the Bears, and now the Packers. And yeah, he's one of the best. When he had just taken over, and and this is completely different from Gopher football. We'll get to that, I promise. Uh, when he had taken over in Green Bay after Jim Rowan retired, we uh, our company was doing these would do seminars twice a year down in Green Bay. And one of the seminars, they booked Wayne Larvey. He's maybe going into his second or third season calling Packers games. So he gets up in front yeah. of all these people. And you know, it's in, we're in Green Bay. There's a lot of Packers fans in our company because they're based out of Green Bay. And he gets up there to speak at this seminar, and he starts talking about his career. And he, he called Bears games for 12 years, and then he got called up to the big leagues. <laughs> oh, the place came apart. It was great. And I was, of course, I'm sitting next – as he's doing this, I'm sitting next to a Bears fan. So it's even better. Yeah. That is, that's genius. That's yeah. genius. That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. We are nine days out, Mike, from, from the kickoff for you guys. FM 98.1 will have it next Thursday, 7 o'clock, versus Nebraska at Huntington Bank Stadium. What have you learned so far during fall camp about the 2023 Gopher football team? Yeah, you know, it's hard because, um, as you know, you've been to these camps, and even in the, in the NFL, you you go to the Vikings or the Packers or wherever else, there's just not a lot of tackling, and there's not, you know, they just kind of chuck the guy or hit him. It's, um, you know, hard contact but not a tackle. So um, guys look to be in the right spots. Um, I think the receiver, to me, was the biggest question. Um, last year they really had, um, you know, between injuries and lack of production from some guys that I thought would be more productive and too many drop passes. Um, they have upgraded that uh, positional group immensely. And so um, I feel good about that if you're on, on, a, on a gopher side of things, that that receiver group has stepped up. And they've made um, – every day I've been to practice, there has been one or two receivers, and sometimes more than that, that have made what I would call, you know, kind of these highlight uh, real catches. And 
Um, that had was not the case last year for sure. So I think that's part of it. The quarterback's just got a cannon for an arm. The question will certainly be, um, as a first-year full-time starter, can he um, get to the point where he's you know delivering the ball on time, on target, reading defenses, making the correct read in the in the run option game, all those things, fill, study film the proper way. If, if all those things go well, um, then I think Gopher fans are going to be happy uh, with how this season plays out. So to me, those are the two uh, receiver, and then um, where the quarterback can be, and he's looked good. Um, but you know, and and he, and he looked good last year. I thought in in some of the limited action he got. I mean, obviously the game at Madison was a, you know, was was you know, I, I think he put his stake in the ground to say this is my my job now, and um, he started the bowl game. Then after that. We're talking about a grim voice at Golden Gopher football. So I want to get back. I'll get to the quarterback, Ethan Kalik Manis, here in a second, but I want to circle back to the wide receivers. Two part question. One, is Chris Altman Bill a doctor yet? Two, how has he looked? How's his health? <laughs> He's looked good. He finally was cleared for what I would call full contact. He had kind of been going every other day um, where he was taking part in, in individual drills and some team drills every other day. And he made a, a nice catch. I'm trying to remember what day that was. Maybe last Tuesday. Might have been his first day where I would say he was full go. The nice thing is because that room through transfers and through guys that have kind of progressed that were already in the program, I don't think they're going to need him to – I mean, I think he'll play against Nebraska, but I don't think they're going to be like, hey, you have to be our top-producing receiver right here from day one. Because I, I got to believe even for a guy that the experience that he has, there's going to be a – uh, a period of uh, trying to trust the knee, seeing what you can and can't do in real game action. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he I, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe he'll catch nine balls for 115 yards and two touchdowns. But I, I, I would foresee them easing him in, uh, you know, and, and, you know, by the end of September having him, you know, uh, confident and, and really rolling. So um, he, he has three degrees to, to, to answer <laughs> wow. your question. And he had, he had a, a, so he's on, he was on my podcast last year after the injury and we talked about the injury and i thought he made a pretty bold admission uh when he talked about the fact that he hate hate school he doesn't like to study doesn't really like to go to class um but through football you know the love of football he is going to end up with three degrees i think he will have a master's too and seven years worth of school you got to give the guy credit for for fighting through it but I thought that was interesting. Usually, you know, even if you don't like school, you don't usually hear players say, oh, I hate class, you know. But he he, he flat out, I, I, you know, I never really liked school. I don't like school. But, um, you know, think about that. Here's a kid that's going to have three college degrees because of football. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Ethan Calic-Banis, you mentioned cannon of an arm. We saw that. I've tried to block that Wisconsin game out of memory, but I can't. He was so impressive that afternoon slash evening in Madison and, and helping the Gophers retain the axe, and, and that was certainly his best start down the stretch last season, Mike. But you know, do you see, with, with the arm that he has, do you see this offense functioning any differently than it did with Tanner Morgan? I do. I, I think there, there's no question they're going to have to throw more. Um, and and I, I think not just because of the personnel, but I just think, you know, in football, uh, the way football is played now, it's just hard to try to always grind out 13 to 10 wins and 17 to 10 wins. And, um, and, and so I think you're going to have to score points. I think Wisconsin is going through that. You know, there's a point at which you're like, look, we're going to um, try to move up football into the into the you know newer age I, I i i don't know if that will work this year for wisconsin i think that that, that it, it can work 
and I, I think the future is bright. I think that was a really good hire. Um, I think you and I talked about this the last time I was on. I'm just not sure yet with the new coach and 15 new guys and a whole new system and a team that frankly wasn't that great last year. You know, this isn't like the old Wisconsin teams where they were 10 and two and they lost four really good players on defense, and everyone around the country is like, well, they can't be as good, and of course they were because they just had this system, and Jim Leonard knew what he was doing, and you know they were good. Uh, it, it, I think it's different for this year. I'm not saying it'll be different next year or the year after, but you're, you know, six and six, and they just weren't that great, and there's a reason there's a new coach, and um, now it's a new system. So we'll see where that goes, and I've already forgot what your question was because we got <laughs> sidetracked with, the, with belittling the Badgers a second there, but... Um, uh, you know, I, I think they will throw the ball more. I think what you saw at Wisconsin will be more like what you saw, um, what you'll see here this coming season. And I also think um, that there still has to be some running game because um, part of the reason that I think Kelly McManus had a lot of success in Madison was Madison basically said, Wisconsin, I should say, basically to me it looked like said, look, this guy's a freshman quarterback. He's completing 52% of his passes. Muhammad Ibrahim has like 25 straight 100-yard rushing games. We're going to make that quarterback beat us. And if he does, we'll tip our cap. And as it turns out, that is what happened. I, I think that was a worthy gamble, quite frankly. Um, I think if you played that game five times and they played that strategically, you know, it, it's probably a coin toss in each of them. And it was a coin toss right down to the end, right? I mean, the, literally, Wisconsin was throwing the ball into the end zone to either tie or win the game on the last play. So I don't think it was poor strategy. Um, so my point is, for Cali McManus to have success, there is going to have to be some assemblance of a running game to keep that passing game honest. And we'll see without Ibrahim how that works and with some new offensive linemen. That, that's going to be a key factor, I think, in it all. But I, to, to answer your question from way back, I'm a radio guy, I get rambling. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, they are going to throw the ball more. I don't think there's any way they can't uh, if they want to have a successful season. I, I would tend to agree. And by the way, as I'm standing here having this conversation, I get uh, a push notification from my ESPN app. Uh, Adam Rittenberg's got an article about the offenses changing at Wisconsin and Purdue, but skeptics remain. So it's the timing of that yeah. could not have been better. My goodness, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, but anyway, and I'm not skeptical long term. I'm skeptical short term that you know they can just be a quick turnaround and that this thing's just going to fire off for, for Wisconsin in year one. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll go to the Rose Bowl. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think. I think long-term it's good. Obviously a good hire. I'm not saying they're even going to be, you know, they're going to go to a bowl game. They're going to be fine. Um, I'm just not ready to say, you know, they're they're the king of the hill just yet. I, I like to t remind people I met Phil Longo, the Badgers' new offensive coordinator, when he worked at UMD in 2006, and he was allergic to the run game then. But I, I feel like the one benefit that this may have for Wisconsin is I think Longo was a smart enough offensive coordinator, and, he, and he's proven this in his stops at Sam Houston State and Ole Miss and North Carolina in Division One that – if he sees the running game as a strength he and, and it's executing it as, as a strength, he will lean on it. They will run more than they throw. He's done it at all of his stops as a coordinator in Division One. So, you know, yeah, they got Mordecai throwing the ball, but they've also got Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi in that backfield. They got some offensive linemen that can run block. I, I still think this is going to be a run-first offense. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's true. I think we're probably overplaying that. And I also think um, – if they do have some success throwing the ball in that, 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 you know, there's a lot of these, you know, air raid, run and shoot, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
that the running backs benefit from it because it creates good passing lanes because there's extra defensive backs and and not uh, you know big linemen and linebackers in the way right away. So it, it can absolutely work if if uh, you know they can be a balanced offense uh, coming out of that air raid as well. There's no doubt. Talking goal for football and Big Ten football with Mike Grimm. Another aside, what do you make of of a couple of ex Big Ten starters, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State and Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, uh, now being named starting quarterbacks in the SEC of all places this year? Yeah, and you know it's it's funny because um, the one thing I was uh, talking with somebody else about is you know the Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa have had really good defenses for now for a while. Minnesota and Iowa a little longer. Minnesota more recently, like four or five now straight years, they've been kind of a top tenish kind of defense. All in the West, and what has the West really lacked for a while? You know, like really good quarterback play, right? They like Iowa has been held hostage at that position for a few years. Uh, Minnesota had a fine quarterback in Morgan, but he wasn't, you know, he he wasn't, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud by any means. Wisconsin had usually some pedestrian guys, um, and and so and and then Illinois, you know, over the years didn't have anybody. Purdue had some good good players. Anyway, point is, um, it's funny because it's a league that hasn't been really well known for quarterbacks in recent years, and here are these guys transferring out now, starting in in uh, conferences that. Um, I think most would say the SEC is better than the Big Ten, and yet here are these some, I don't know if I'd call them Big Ten rejects because they might have been starting at their Big Ten schools, but um, here we go. They're, 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 uh, they're ready to go. And, and I think that will be one of the intriguing things of the West, as long as we're talking quarterbacks, is um, there are a new wave of some QBs in, and I think we will see these defenses like Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota really be challenged more than maybe they have in recent years in terms of trying to keep scores low and yards down. I'm not sure how much P.J. Fleck has talked about this as we get ready for next Thursday and they'll get into a game week preparation here coming up, I'm sure, very soon for Nebraska next Thursday night. But challenges, you you, you think, for the Gophers going into some unknown here with Nebraska, Matt Rule taking over there. He hasn't been coaching in college for quite some time, and now he's taking over a Nebraska program that was certainly lost the last few years. No doubt, and that will be the um, – you'll hear that. I promise you we have our, our weekly coaches show this week because of the schedule and the Thursday game. We have it this week on Friday. He has a press conference on Friday, and I promise you that is going to be one of the big things. It's really the first time we'll hear him talk about Nebraska when he's been asked about it, um, as P.J. likes to do. He'll say, we're not – you know, we're, we're worried about tomorrow, fall camp, you know, da-da-da-da, like he normally would. Um, so I think that will be one of the main storylines. He'll – You'll, you'll hear him say, hey, we're preparing for Ghost. They've studied, I'm sure they've studied Baylor offense. Um, they've studied, the coordinator came from where, Syracuse maybe, I want to say. I so think so, yeah. Gonna study, uh, they're going to study that. Um, of course, Minnesota played Syracuse in the bowl game, if I'm right on that. I, I, I Obviously, I still got a week to, to know that uh, info. But um, it, uh, it uh, I obviously have a new coordinator. We know that. And so they're going to be studying all that stuff. And that's what they're going to talk about is we don't know. Um, I, I also think there's a little bit, uh, if that is a, a true benefit, uh, like if, if for, for Nebraska, the, the, the thing of the unknown, I do think there is a little bit of that with Minnesota as well, just because of personnel, the quarterback, the running back, the new receivers. You know, uh, Nebraska can't for sure, and, and the Gophers have been pretty vanilla in practices that were open to the public, so we'll see um, if that's the way they'll be or if, if indeed you know, there's some mystery. So I think it's a really intriguing opening matchup. I know the coaches hate it. I, I like starting the year with a Big Ten game. It's important. And for Minnesota, you get um, under the bright lights of a national TV game right off the bat, which is kind of fun um, and, and, and helpful, I think, from, a, from an exposure standpoint. 
Uh, that'd be a 7 o'clock kickoff a week from Thursday night on FM 98.1. Gophers v. Nebraska to kick off the Big Ten football season under the lights at Huntington Bank Stadium. Gophersports.com has your hookup. Mike, thank you so much for the time. We'll do this again as we get into the season. You got it. Always enjoy it. Thanks, Bruce. All right, thanks, Mike. Mike Grimm, voice of Golden Gopher football again, FM 98.1. Thursday night, August 31st, the Gophers versus the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Mike's up next with the Gopher Daily Update, 1028 on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Today we continue our 14-team Big Ten preview sponsored by Lando Lakes. We'll look at Penn State after this. There is a land where anything is possible, where soul, soil, and science work wonders every day. A land that values bravery and curiosity, where the truth is the official language. And here, we put our all into feeding human progress, to making a positive impact. This is a land of honesty, of optimism, of possibilities. This is Land O' Lakes, proud sponsor of Gopher Athletics. Tanner Hoops previews the 2023 Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State is coming off an 11-win season in 2022, and head coach James Franklin believes this team can be even better than last year's. Now I think we're in a position to give us the best chance to compete in our conference uh, as well as nationally. Just less question marks across the board. One area where Franklin expects the Nittany Lions to excel is on the defensive side of the ball. I think we got a chance to be better up front with our defensive line. We are bigger, uh, we are more athletic, we are physical. I think we have a legitimate uh, three deep across the board. Obviously, the one question mark we have is in the secondary. You know, when you lose a guy like uh, Joey Porter and you lose a guy like Tig, um, who are tremendous players for us, that's probably the one area of question marks. But we played a ton of players in the secondary with experience, uh, talent, and depth. So I think we're going to be in, in a good position there. Penn State opens the 2023 season at home September 2nd against West Virginia. And Penn State will not play the Gophers during the regular season. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at Maryland on the Golden Gopher Daily Update, sponsored by Lando Lakes, longtime supporter of Golden Gopher football. I'm Mike Grimm. KDAL. That's pretty much my news. Streaming live on the KDAL mobile app. 1034 is our time. It's a foggy and drizzly and yuck type of Tuesday. Tony's got that forecast one more time here in the next half hour. Also coming up, longtime St. Scholastica men's soccer coach Barry Chasty. He'll join us for a 2023 season preview for Saints men's soccer. That's after CBS News. As the Bruce Siski Show continues on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. You're going to need a blanket and suntan lotion because you're never going to get off that beach just the way you never got into the NHL. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10.39 Tuesday morning. Tomorrow, NCHC Commissioner Heather Weems as we get ready for the 2023-24 hockey season. And also tomorrow, UWS volleyball coach Lynn Diedrich will join us. We'll tape that uh, later on today. You'll hear that tomorrow at about 10.35 or so. A uh, quick shout-out to a UMV men's hockey junior defenseman Will Francis announcing yesterday 
that uh, he's had a recurrence of cancer. The 22-year-old uh, said he found out via a routine post-recovery checkup. He'll spend the fall semester undergoing treatment in the Twin Cities. His plan to be back on campus in class and with the hockey team come January. Hopefully he's able to do that. Uh, Francis initially diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in March of 2020. Rang the bell at the uh, M Health Fairview Masonic Children's Hospital to com- uh, signify the completion of chemo in July of last year. Best wishes to Will. Uh, joining us from the St. Scholastica men's soccer team, their longtime head coach is Barry Chasty. Good morning, sir. Morning, Bruce. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good, thanks. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful day here we got, right? <laughs> yeah, we got a little soaked this morning. Yeah. No fun, but it was all right. So I'm perusing the uh, the CSSSaints.com website, and they got bios and all the players and all that bit. And I, and I happened upon Keegan Chasty's bio. And it talks about all the accolades he's earned over the course of his soccer career, both in high school at Denfeld and now last year all Mayak at Saints Scholastica. And they go through a little biographical information on on all these players and they you know, favorites of all this stuff and what they want to do going forward and. And at the end, it always says, what I like about St. Scholastica. And Keegan just says, I like the soccer coach. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. No, um, yeah, I've coached him for a long, long time. So I think I think it's maybe our 12th year coaching him, maybe more, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, we, yeah, we have a fantastic relationship. Um, I know there, there are some coach-parent um, player relationships that aren't always the best, but um, we've always maintained a, a really good relationship with that, and um, it certainly it certainly helps when you never have to worry with Keegs. He always comes to training 100%, so it's not like he's getting any favoritism from the coach or anything like that. He's, he's the first one doing everything and, and doing it at the highest quality and, and tempo that he can, so so it makes my job real easy as a coach. Twelve years coaching. I feel like you could write a book about how to do this, and you'd help a lot of people. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No, it's like I said, it's been, it's been really good. So. Uh, Parker's on the roster as well. This has got to be really cool for you to have them, to have them both with you at St. Scholastica. Yeah, it's, it's neat. Um, I think this will be the only, only semester uh, that it happens. Obviously, I've, I've coached Parker, too, um, all the way through Gitch, so that's probably ten years, I guess. Um, so, yeah, again, different different personalities, different attributes, but they complement each other really well. Um, they haven't really played like for me together too often, or trained together together with me too often because you know they're different age groups with Gitch and stuff. But um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting. Obviously, they played together at high school and and had what four good years together i think on the high school team um so so yeah it's 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 fun it's neat to me um i'm, I'm obviously gonna really enjoy this semester just having them around and, and such like but yeah hopefully they come to play and and we have a good year uh let's reflect briefly on 2022 six nine and three the overall record just missed out to be a tiebreaker on the mayak playoffs at four five and one year two in the mayak your takeaways and, and finally some normalcy as well yeah you know, have that normal start to finish season no interruptions yeah yeah i think i think last year we we really we really grew as the season went on I don't know if you remember, we went to England for preseason, which obviously was a was a fantastic trip. But I'm not sure it got us fully ready for the season. Uh, this preseason obviously looked very different with with two a days, sometimes three a days, and, and classroom sessions, and, and going through how we want to play, and 
and integrating all of our our new guys. Um, we have we have 16 new guys from the from the last four. So um, you know, it, it this this preseason looks very different. The boys um, have really come out, and their their attitude and application so far has been been outstanding. So we're only I think this is day four. Day three, maybe. Uh, all kinds of stuff to blend in after a while, but um, it's been it's been really good so far. So we're certainly hoping that we can break into that playoff spot for sure. Um, um, yeah, that's our goal. I felt like we were pretty close. I think probably one of the reasons we missed out last year was a slower start. Um, we dealt with visa issues with guys coming back and all that stuff. But like you said, things are a little bit no- more normal. We have everybody here at camp and. Uh, Everybody's working hard, so I'm, we're hoping that this will be a good So I remember talking to you a couple of years ago about this as you guys made the move into the MIAC, and you said you felt like y- your program would need to achieve some success, at, at least to a certain extent, before you would start to reap the benefits of, of being able to go after maybe a little higher-quality athlete playing in a higher-quality league in the MIAC. How do you feel this has gone here the first couple of years for, for your program in this in this conference? Um, I think as coaches, you always want it to be to be better. I think the first year was a real learning curve. Like I said last year, I, I felt like we we dealt with quite a bit of adversity with injuries and such. So, as well as you know our preseason tour and not and people not coming back and, and such like. Um, but I think I think you can see with the with the returners we have, whatever sixteen of them, you know, the 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 standard they're setting now at practice. Um, it replicates the the level that we have to play at day in day out every single game, and I'm not sure that was there. I'm not sure that understanding was there before, but this this returning group and and led by our captains, um, there the the intensity is right there right now, and and I think that's something we talked about a lot in the offseason needing to to you know as everybody says you got to practice how you play right, and and that's so far where we where we've been at, and I think that's going to help us greatly. Tell me about some of these older returning players that you're going to turn to for leadership here in 2023. Yeah, so so our captains, we um, one of our keepers, Liam, um, is a captain, and then we got Eli, who's a centre back. Um, he's actually only a, a, a junior, but just a natural natural leader for us. And then um, Dad and, and Keegs are the, the other two captains we named, and then we actually also have a leadership council here, which consists of nine guys. Um, representing every kind of grade here and um and we haven't introduced any of our freshmen yet we'll, we'll do that towards the end of the preseason but but they they play a big role in like you said just setting the tone um creating the level that we expect on and off the field but obviously particularly this time here um on it in practice so yeah, they've, they've really stepped up because they're all, all new captains. Obviously, they've been captains of the high schools and club and all that stuff, but they're new captains for us. And like I said, we spent some time this um, this off season just cleaning up a few things, you know, figuring out, you know, maybe what didn't work, what needs to change. And again, we're talking on and off the field here. So, you know, we had a lot of good conversations and I think um, – you know, we have a we have a way that we want to play, and and these guys are 
um, coming to every practice and, and leading that. So it's really important for us right now. We talk a lot about the importance of leadership. It doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't matter what's, what what level of the sport you're, we're talking about. It, it's so so key. And you like you mentioned, 16 new players. It's really important to have strong leadership in a group like this. When you recruit, is that something you're looking for? Are you looking for players that are captains or have been captains because you know that that component it does you don't just lead if you've got leadership skill when you're young you're probably going to have it as you get to college age yeah for sure i mean that's obviously a massive massive advantage if you can if you can bring in if you if you have a team of if you have a team of captains you're, you're sound right you know and, and that's what you look for obviously it's not always the case but you know a lot of these boys like a lot of the new guys have been captains and and that's that's critical because you know you can you can lean on them and just say you, you know you know what's being asked to be you know the captains are, are on the leadership group are saying this you you know the response you're supposed to give because you've been on the other side of this and and that helps and you know like i said we have our leadership group and and a lot of that is is teaching these young men to to become good leaders um yes we talk about what we want from our program but we sit down and we you know we discuss what leadership is and you know, leadership's about making hard choices sometimes, and and calling people out, and and holding people accountable. And you know, for 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 any anybody, that's hard sometimes. I would say it's maybe harder for this generation. And so, you know, it, it, it's got to be something that is is taught to them. I feel so. Fin- we work a lot on it. Finishing up here with Saint Scholastica men's soccer coach Barry Chasty. You've got some opportunities here in non-conference as you get into the 2023 season. You'll start next weekend, September 1st, the first game against the UW Eau Claire. You've got some non-conference here in, in September before you get into the league schedule, uh, starting uh, against Concordia on September 13th. What do you hope to learn here these first five six matches of the season as you get going? Yeah, I scheduled a fairly tough schedule there. I'm not sure what I was thinking. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, Eau, Claire, Eau Claire and Anne Luther took it to us last year for a variety of reasons, to be honest. Not, uh, they're, they're very good programs, uh, very good teams, but uh, we had some we had some things going too. But, um, so that will be a really tough weekend. We open up the, the Kenny Hawkins uh, soccer field up here uh, that weekend, so we're pretty excited to have a new turf and 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 to be the first team to to play up there so we want to you know we want to put on a good show and uh it will be really really difficult for us uh there's no there's no doubt about it but um yeah and then actually like i said all all the all five of those games are are real challenging but again that's what we want going into the mayak you know we want to we've always scheduled the best um best teams in the region that we can and then there's no difference this year all of our non-conference games are are really really tough so um yeah i mean it, you know we we see those first five games as a an extension of preseason it's about um it's about growing it's about learning it's about implementing what we've done on the practice field looking at how it works and then you know making the adjustments and getting back on the practice field the, the next day and and cleaning things up so that come concordia ready to go so, All right, the season o- season opener next Friday. Get the full schedule, cssaints.com. Appreciate the time, sir. Enjoy this season with the boys, all right? I will. Thank you very much, Bruce. Appreciate it. Barry Chasty, longtime men's soccer coach at the College of Saints Scholastica. Again, cssaints.com to check out the schedule. They open up Kenny Harkins Field next Friday, September 1st, against UW Eau Claire. 10.51, going to wrap things up on a Tuesday morning moment. Bruce Siski Show, 610 FM 103.9 KDAL.
AM 610, KDAL, news, weather, sports. 10.59, we're back at it tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Commissioner of the NCHC, Heather Weems, on the radio show tomorrow. She enters her second year running the conference, and we'll talk about year one a little bit. The addition of Arizona State, other changes happening around the league, and look ahead to 2023-24 and beyond in the NCHC, of course, the future college sports. We'll talk about that with her as well. Also tomorrow, UWS volleyball coach Lynn Diedrich. Sound off, Brad Kenny after the news. Join them after the news. Have a great day. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Delusive Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.